0: Did you know that 67% of Americans do not have enough money set aside for emergencies? And 42% of full-time workers find it difficult to pay their monthly expenses. A lack of financial literacy costs Americans $415 billion each year. How can we empower people with the knowledge they need to secure their financial futures? What skills do they need to successfully manage their personal finances? And what is the role of our schools in ensuring that those skills are developed? This is what I want to know. And today I'm joined by John Hope Bryant to find out. John Hope Bryant is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and prominent thought leader on financial inclusion, economic empowerment, and financial dignity. From humble beginnings in South Central Los Angeles, he became the founder, chairman, and CEO of Operation Hope which is now America's leading provider of financial literacy services. John has helped jumpstart countless enterprises and written numerous books. He is with us today to discuss what we need to do to help young people and adults in underserved communities lead healthier financial lives. John, welcome to the show.
1: Um, First of all, honored to be with you. And we have a long history. And I remember when you gave your life to public service, no good deed shall go unpunished, by the way you weren't appreciated for all the great stuff you did. But in part, because of you, one of our first Hope Inside or Hope Banking Centers, it was called back then, was installed in Anacosha, teaching and coaching people there to give them a hand up and not just a handout, to teach them how to fish and not just give them a fish at scale. And there's now 183 of those locations across the country in 30 states. But when we worked with you, it was just two.
0: You were talking about financial literacy before it got cool. Talk a little bit about on your journey, how you came to view financial literacy as such an important issue to help change the dynamic and lives of a lot of people in need.
1: So by the time I was nine years old, I'd had it. I was done with all the games. I wanted to figure out what's the business plan for the rest of my life, and why are these brilliant people around me in my neighborhood not thriving sustainably? Because the drug dealing led to prison, probation, parole, and death every time. So I'm in my classroom. Being taught home economics in Compton, California, a banker comes in my classroom. I'm nine years old, teaching financial literacy. Happened to be a white banker. He would have on a white shirt, a red tie, and a blue suit. Six to I remember. It's like meeting the Martian. Like, nobody in my neighborhood wears suits unless he's a detective. And it's a bad suit. Nobody in my neighborhood shows up in the middle of the day because they got an hourly job with a lunch break and a two 15-minute breaks during the day. You can't show up in the middle of the day. Who are you? Nobody has a business card. Nobody was on a salary. No one works in an office building unless it's the courthouse. Like, who are you? And I raised my hand. I said, excuse me, sir, what do you do for a living? He said, young man, I'm a banker and I finance entrepreneurs. Kevin, (laughs) I said, sir, I don't know what an entrepreneur is. I've never heard that word in my entire life. But whatever it is, if you're financing them and it's legal, (laughs) I'm going to be one. And that triggered everything. So I went home and opened up the dictionary to the word entrepreneur, French word, create something out of nothing, value. That's it. That's what I want to do. So I noticed the guy who sold liquor at the corner also sold candy. I wouldn't tell him he was selling the wrong kind of candy. So the confidence of my mother, self-esteem, and now the insight of this banker in this financial literacy course about markets, selling the wrong kind of candy. Go away, little boy. I've got a college degree. That's nice. I've got cavities. I'm nine. So he offered me a job being a salesman. And, you know, in the short form, my friends who wanted to make money quick would have taken that salesman's job. They're still taking that salesman job, in just in different careers. I didn't want the salesman job. I didn't want to be the performer, the entertainer, the guy on the front. I wanted to learn how markets work. So I said, make me the box boy. I want to do inventory in the back, which was the worst job he had. And to the end of the story is I quit and three weeks later. Went to the place he bought his inventory for the same price he bought his inventory, but I bought the inventory I thought my friends would want, start the neighborhood candy house in my home and put them out of business.
0: And you've taken that same philosophy throughout your life. Don't you feel that influence you had with your mother, your father's experience, that banker, that many young people just don't get that level of exposure that will jolt them to where they need to be? And part of your mission, as I have seen firsthand, is to provide that joke.
1: I got lucky, and I want other people to get lucky at scale. That's why it's Operation Hope. It's hope as a business plan, and, and I plan on creating a nation's first national infrastructure for the uplift of all of us. People would make $60,000 a year or less or too much money the into their money. Our future GDP creators, future entrepreneurs, future small business owners, future homeowners, I think there's 2 to 3% of lost GDP, gross domestic product, Locked at the bottom of the pyramid in America's story. And if America's going to reload for the next 100 years of prosperity and growth, we got to figure this out because this is a new civil rights issue. Financial literacy, yes, I'm saying that here, is the new civil rights issue for our generation.
0: Or as you have coined, silver rights.
1: Yep, silver rights. Civil rights in the streets, about race in the color line, silver rights in the suites. It's about class, poverty, economics, and prosperity for all. Absolutely.
0: So why was Operation Hope, that concept? And you talked about the centers that, you know, I helped you get in D.C., but there are 183 of them. Why is that the vehicle that will help launch this? Because people choose to go into Starbucks
1: because it's convenient. It's trusted. It's everywhere. They know the product and they prefer that than doing Folgers at home, I guess. There's a cool factor. There's a trust factor. They know what they're going to get. It's plug and play. It's easy. It's a community. So we wanted to be the Starbucks of financial inclusion. We wanted to be the private banker to the working poor, the struggling class, the struggling middle class, and the middle class who wants more aspiration because no one's giving them love and attention. And we want to do that at scale. We found in the pandemic, Zoom is super efficient. I closed more deals in Zoom than I've ever done in person. I did close $250 million in one year deals on Zoom, but it's less effective. So it's it's more efficient technology. But in and of itself, it's less effective. You can't build culture that way. You can't build relationships that way.
0: The beauty of your work, different from others, is that you understand top-down, bottom-up. You understand, I mean, part of the Operation Hope mindset in terms of going into these communities and not sending an email talking about you need to be financially literate. But by the same token, you work with the CEOs of Walmart and other Fortune 500 companies to get them invested in the concept so that you're actually bridging gaps that otherwise wouldn't be bridged. There's another gap, though, that has taken on different dimensions, and you've run into it firsthand, and you know I have, and that's the politics of America today, where people are cast in either-or buckets, and if you align yourselves with certain folks, then you're castigated by folks on the other side of the political spectrum. How do you bridge those gaps around your message?
1: I just ignore noise. I mean, I go through life consciously oblivious to most things around me. I just ignore it and keep it moving. I'm more PhD than PhD anyway. Let my work and my results speak for me. We are an emotional people because we were maligned and disrespected to African-Americans now and disrespected. So we put a high premium on how we feel. We don't trust. We believe none of what we hear and half of what we see. We're prime targets. Master Andrew Young, Dr. King's right arm would say this. To live in a system of free enterprise and not to understand the rules of free enterprise must be the very definition of slavery. So you have folks who are isolated, who don't trust, who are not financially literate, who are then besieged upon by folks who prey on them as easy targets. So we come at that community in a more grassroots way with that relationship capital.
0: Don't you see, John, that so few of our leadership make that connection? In fact, many of our leaders purposely keep that division in place, which I think hinders progress. It's not because
1: their mission is not progress. Their mission is to stay on mission. Look, I believe there's enough poverty to go around. I believe that nonprofit competition is an oxymoron. It's ridiculous. I mean, i make it my business the fun of the nonprofits. I want somebody to put me out of business. I mean, why would I want to do this one day longer than I have to? But you have some folks who, for whom they've made this a cottage industry. They mean well, but they don't know what else to do. Maybe they don't have another skill. This is their power base. I can't get in people's heads. I don't know why they do what they do. But I will tell you that Washington makes no sense. And it makes no sense in part because I like math. It does not have an opinion. All Washington's concerned about is somebody's opinion. So let me answer your question. How did I deal with it? I've served three U.S. presidents from both parties. I've been honored by five U.S. presidents, Operation Hope, me as a catalyst. And I've known eight. I chose not to deal with the last president because I think that was going to be, it was was just a big game and I didn't want to be a part of that. But I've noticed Republican and Democratic administrations, this game gets played about credit. That's essentially what it comes down to is who gets, I dealt with it today. I can't say what it is because it's like in real time, but like something I created or helped to create, I'm being approached as if I'm just some observer of it. Okay, fine. It doesn't bother me. I have no problem with somebody wanting to take credit for it. I take it as a compliment, but- For the first 18 months of every administration, they don't trust me because they think I'm the last guy's guy. And hopefully there'll be a lady at some point. But every new administration thinks, well, that's whoever, you know, Bush's guy or Clinton's guy or Obama's guy. And so they don't want to trust me. They respect me, but they don't necessarily like me. I really respect me and learn to like me, then like me and never respect me. My job is to be so omnipresent have such great ideas, they have such great execution. You just have to, even if you roll your eyes, you go, geez, okay, just call him. Yeah, we need John Bryant. Yeah, we, we need Operation Hope. Yeah, okay, just call him. And it's worked. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I want the politicians to get the credit. I have no interest in politics, right? I want them to get the credit. I want them to take the bow. I just want to do the work. And those who believe that get the benefit of it. And I have a long list of elected officials who are better off because they've known our work. And hopefully, Many people in this new administration also get the memo Is I want to help them, too. I want to help America be better.
0: Well, and it also helps the people who need it the most understand how to deal with, on a gut-check level, their own personal finances. So this is what I really want to know as it relates to schools. So, John, tell me, what should we be doing in terms of introducing school-aged children to financial literacy in schools?
1: The city of Atlanta City Council recently passed a unanimous bill to endow Operation Hope with $2 million to create children's accounts for every kindergarten kid in Atlanta public schools under the leadership of Dr. Herring, who's a superintendent. I then committed to wrap financial literacy around those bank accounts and a program of aspiration and uplift. We're going to then wrap around that, the Hope Business in a Box, where kids get to pitch their business idea for two to five minutes on stage. And if they win the pitch, we give them a bank account. We give them a business role model. We help them with a business plan and they can only access that money through the bank and through the business role model. So really sort of artificially creating the environment that I had when I grew up. We've already created a few thousand of those businesses. And then one million black business initiative, which brings the technology piece into it. So it's laddering kids up, starting with kindergarten, which in in Atlanta can put up two million bucks, call that venture capital. We're going to match that with another $2 million over a decade, get banks and other corporations to, they're putting up a bank account. We're going to create an investment account alongside of it so kids can witness the magic of the stock market. I'm going to try to get major companies like Coca-Cola and Home Depot and others here to give the kids a share of stock. I think it'll be transformational. But the answer to your question is connecting education with aspiration is what every school needs to be doing in this country.
0: I love it. Learn by doing, but learn how to do it the right way. Amen. John O'Brien. John You're an American hero. Thank you for joining us on What I Want to Know. Thanks for joining What I Want to Know. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to write a review, too. Explore other episodes and dive into our discussions on the future of education. I also encourage you to join the conversation and let me know what you want to know using hashtag WIWTK on social media. That's hashtag WIWTK on social media. For more information on Stride, visit stridelearning.com. I'm your host, Kevin P. Chavis. Thank you for joining What I Want to Know.